What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of Brew Trails. Thank you so much for tuning in, especially after such a long hiatus. My computer completely dumped out on me and uh, just got that fixed. Plus, we had a little thing that kept us busy called an anniversary party and building expansion. (laughs) Getting all the new brewing equipment. Uh, Stay tuned for an episode when me and Ryan will probably sit down and talk about all that, the build out of the expansion. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, you've got a chance to see the new space. I think it turned out awesome. Got so many compliments during the anniversary party the other night. Uh, It really opens the place up, and now you can see all the shiny, shiny equipment, which also means I need to keep it polished and clean. (laughs) um, Yeah, so if you haven't seen it yet, please, please go over and uh, grab a beer and check it out. There's a lot of cool new kind of seating arrangements, too, uh, that I'm stoked about. One right next to like this kind of window where you can sit down at the bar and, and look at the, uh, the fermenters and, and all the equipment there, and then the other space where you can sit down right in front of the window, which will be nice in the summertime, kind of an outside feel. So anyway, episode six today, we're going to dive into an interview with one of Team Dark Sky's athletes, Ryan Geiger. He's our mountain biker, and he is just just tearing it up right now on call them competitions not quite tournaments but the competitions that he's he's doing so since the interview he has uh let's see he placed 13th in the pro division at fontana a uci event Uh, but in that race he was the top american uh, for under 23 for that age division so he he was the top place in that so that's awesome and then also just this past weekend he went down to moab or rather up to moab i guess for the Enduro Cup, and he placed seventh in the entire pro division. So, uh, congratulations, Ryan Geiger. You are doing awesome out there, and he's a youngin' too, and he's just now kind of hopping on board to these <coughs> to these events and, and shredding it. So, that's awesome. Uh, this episode we did on-site at the Y, which is a trailhead, and I checked the audio when we were recording, and it was totally fine, but the wind, I guess, changed directions a little bit, so... I definitely apologize for some of the quality of the audio. You will hear the wind if you are riding or running with headphones while listening to this. Keep that volume down low in case that wind kicks up. Uh, But it's good content, so I wanted to keep it. And lesson learned, I've already got on order one of the little fluffy things to put on the microphone, the wind stoppers. Uh, But I think I'll just be way more cognizant of on-site interviews. Uh, As cool as it sounded, it was uh, a cool idea, but it just didn't quite pan out with the the wind changing directions but still awesome content really not that bad and so without any further ado let's go right to the trailhead with ryan geiger and my co-host for the interview uh ryan sam lots of ryan's out there so hope you enjoy this every once in a while make sure it's still recording but uh oh you got him Uh sweet awesome Awesome, awesome. Cheers. Dude, thanks so much for, uh, for coming out here. Yeah, There's the, uh, the t- No glass out on the trails. Use, no. use a crowler. Um, but it just makes good sound effects. So, um, Right on. Nice. We're uh, here at the Y. If you know that place, if you're a runner or a mountain biker or a hiker in Flagstaff, you know what the Y is. Not the YMCA, uh, but the trailhead to uh, basically some of the best trails out in Flagstaff. So who are we here with? Uh... Uh, I'm Ryan Geiger. Yeah, here. Just mountain biker from Flagstaff. 
Um, yeah, here with uh, Dark Sky drinking some beer and uh, yeah, gonna have some questions. Nice, sweet. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. You forgot the pro sure. part though. Pro part? Yeah, you're, you're a pro yeah. mountain biker. I mean, I do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think it does qualify. You've got you've got some sponsors, right? Yep, totally. Cool. So um, I want to just start at the beginning. So where um, what what started your your mountain biking? Is it something you've always done? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's definitely kind of grew up just playing the typical sports, playing baseball, basketball, football, all the, all the kind of the mainstream stuff. But one of my neighbors um, owned one of the bike shops down in Phoenix, South Mountain Cycles. So he uh, was kind of friends with his son, and he got me a mountain bike one day. So just kind of all started from there. Did my first race probably three weeks after I first started riding, and kind of always always liked racing, always liked riding, and Flagstaff's a pretty awesome place to to do both. So. Yeah, it was just a good good way to do go about it. Cool. You said three days or how long after? Three you weeks after. Three weeks after. Yeah, three weeks after I bike. got the first mountain bike. I yeah, just hopped in a race. I didn't do that well, but it was it was uh, it was. I was kind of always used to competing. Like if you're doing something, you're always playing games or competing or doing something. That's so. getting thrown right in the deep end, though. Yeah. No, and it was. Did you guys have enough to have a fire road open yet? No, there's nothing open yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Intermission. Yeah. yeah, quick quick intermission <laughs> for trail advice. Yeah, uh, always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was, I mean, I think my parents were a little worried about just getting me right into racing and then not letting me just kind of enjoy it because I was, was like 11 years old, but didn't it worked out. I was just having a good time anyways. Um, grew up in Flagstaff. Um, yeah, pretty much born and raised here. Um, yeah, and it was always, yeah, enjoyed being outside did a lot of hiking growing up and stuff with my dad but never really tried out mountain biking like i said until until my neighbor got me a bike and yeah it was, it was awesome nice cool what uh what was it about mountain biking that you loved i man just the i i kind of really liked the the individuality of it i mean it was mountain biking is i mean you really just have to push yourself and you really kind of can't fall back on anybody so it was it was a lot about just going out there and pushing myself and you know a and, lot about that with running yeah, yeah totally same thing so it's yeah i mean it's just a, it's a good time to kind of be with yourself and, and yeah just have a good time pushing yourself that's always something that i've enjoyed and then flagstaff's just such a gorgeous place too we have awesome trails and awesome views awesome weather so it's uh i mean it's just a good time too yeah yeah the, and so yeah it's kind of interesting there's some people that are definitely swayed more towards the individual sports and then some that go towards the team sports like you know soccer yeah. basketball that kind of thing um so it's always interesting to hear you know the out people who enjoy the outdoor aspect and the individual aspect of it um yeah. with running with mountain biking with um i don't know what other individual outdoor sports there are really uh bowling, uh, yeah, bowling. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like individual bocce oh uh disc, wanna, disc golf maybe, yeah disc go- like i want to go bowling with you yeah right that sounds awesome yeah <laughs> We were talking about starting a league, but you know. yeah, yeah. Be the outdoor town. league at the, be... at the Y every Thursday oh, night. Yeah, yeah. Out here. we can do an outdoor bocce some, here. Yeah, some, like some rugged sand. bowling. Play all the way up Schultz Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that tree. Yeah. <laughs> Interrupt some good Strava sessions. Oh God, I can just imagine. Yeah, <laughs> biker turning the corner and a ball is like rolling up the hill. <laughs> ah! We actually were just talking about that on the way down. Last year we did a big group ride and 
there was a guy coming up Schultz. We were coming down, like, huge group. And, like, he was, Ryan was the first one to go through. And this guy looks at me. He's like, go, 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 go. I'm like, what? And, like, apparently he told someone in the back. He's like, I was on a Strava ride. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, like, the funniest thing, like, I think I've ever seen up here. And I think we said, it, like, it's the best and worst thing that happened to mountain biking. Yep. Yeah. It can, Strava. It can definitely go both ways. No doubt. Yeah. What are some What are some good things about Strava for biking? I mean, it, I think it allows people to get like a little the, extra motivation. Yeah, and it's like the friendly competition side of it. Yeah, for See sure. Where you put yourself. Yeah, so you can. I mean, you can go kind of race your buddies without actually having to like go to a venue and race. Mm-hmm. And Stone's so. full of like savages too. So I mean, if you yeah. can like break the top ten around here, you're you're doing okay. Totally. Yeah, Northern <laughs> Arizona, Sedona, and Flagstaff is like super competitive on yeah. Strava and all that stuff. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's good to go. I mean, you can put yourself up against real fast guys too. So it's I mean, you can you see the progress and see see where you're at. Yeah, I Flagstaff's ridiculous. No matter what you're doing, it's <laughs> ridiculous to try to break top ten anything. Yeah. No, That's I mean, for damn sure. I mean, especially mountain biking downhill, I can't even imagine. Because Strava is really big with biking. You know, there, there's some running, you know, uh, what is it, king of the mountain type of thing, stuff like that. But biking, you guys section off like 15 feet of trail. Yeah. <laughs> no. Schultz has like 35 segments on Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Who took I that turn the fastest? That, yeah. <laughs> 2.8 seconds on that 20 yards. Yeah, every, every time I do Schultz either up or down, it's like, the list of segments goes for like three pages. Yep. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> you got to get one KOM, so yeah. just make one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Or feel really faster, I'm going to make that segment. Or you like yeah. walk your bike up to a certain area so you're not tired at all and then just pound it. Yeah. <laughs> I got that one. It's always crazy to me. I see like I get, I don't know, maybe fifth or sixth on a segment and I'm all happy but then I start looking at everyone else's and that was like a segment within their like 20 mile run around the area and I had done like a four mile run he's, he's the same way it. when he was on there it was like <laughs> dude he did 40 miles and then crushed that one it's like holy crap good old flag stuff so, so you started when you were 11? Yeah, it started when I was 11. So, okay. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just threw myself into it, did the race, and then started working at the like, Absolute Bikes pretty much, mm. like, two months after I started riding, and, yeah, that was that was good, too, being around, surrounded by dudes that have been in it for so long. It was good to, like, learn from everybody and just kind of get right in on the industry. Good people. Yeah, good people, for we sure. Do, we do a group ride to the brewery every Saturday. Yes, totally. Yeah. right over so yeah so when that, that yeah when that gets started back again which with the weather how it is it looks like it might be sooner than later maybe next week yeah, yeah. and uh, i will be leading most of those so oh, come nice. ride Sweet. let's do it dude are you joking me okay yeah there's a big uh plug right there come mm-hmm. saturday uh be led by a sponsored mountain biker and then come get your first beer bought by absolute bikes at dark sky brewing company what yep that is a good way to start a saturday yeah. no doubt nice so I read it, it's not only mountain biking. So were you doing some road biking also? I, yeah, I've always kind of been a little bit on the road side of things. Um, I mean, training wise, I'm on my road bike a bit, but um, I have done some racing uh, on the road bike. It's, I mean, it's definitely fun. It's a lot different. I mean, although you are riding bikes, it's a totally different dynamic. Um, and it, and that is cool because you actually do get to. We talked a little bit about the individuality earlier, but road biking, you can kind of branch out of that a little bit. So you can have that individual aspect, but actually get to 
race with a team, race with teammates, and you're kind of working as a team, not just like going out there and hammering like you do on the mountain bike. So it's uh, it's fun to mix it up, and it's fun to to do something different within the sport that you already do. So uh, yeah, I've done a couple seasons of of road racing, traveling a bit, but mountain biking is kind of where where I'm at and where the passion is. So that's that's where I put most of my focus. Nice, cool. Right. You did team racing for that? Yeah, um, so I had raced with a, a team for a couple of years, and we, um, yeah, traveled around to some of the stage races in, uh, in the U.S. and just, yeah, worked together, tried to get some people on the podium, and yeah, it was, it was a good time, good experience, definitely good to have that road experience because, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the guys, even pro mountain bikers, I mean, you're, you're going on group rides and going on all kinds of road rides, so it's good to know the etiquette, know how to kind of relate to roadies, yeah. which can sometimes be a lot different than relating to mountain bikers. It's a whole yeah. different culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they seem like a different a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to deal with 50 miles of boredom. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to give it to them for staring at pavement all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and keeping the, the cadence, and it's got to be kind of rough on the body. I mean, obviously, mountain bikers are oh, on the body in a different way, but doing that same motion over and over again. Okay. I mean, it's it's small super circles, small circles. Yeah, I mean, it's super good for for fitness. I mean, for for anybody. I mean, it's for a mountain biker, for whatever kind of cyclist you are. Because I mean, you're, it's just that consistent effort, which is really hard to get on the mountain bike sometimes. So that's why, I mean, tons of people train on the road if they're they're looking to race or do anything like that. Just because it's you go out for an hour mountain bike ride and maybe you're only pedaling for 40 minutes you go out for an hour road ride and you're probably pedaling for 55 minutes so yeah. it's able to get in more work for in a little less time nice. yeah and you talk about training is that is that something that you well let's back up a second so you you have a you have a coaching business yep right? totally yeah geiger coaching so yeah that's something that started a couple years ago um that's always just kind of been a passion of mine is kind of learning about that aspect of the sport like not only for myself but I had a lot of buddies growing up so it was it was good to try and help them out and that's that's kind of where the coaching started it was just like coaching friends of mine that race that we traveled around with and just trying to kind of learn as much as I can I used to race for um, a coaching company so I ended up traveling a bit with them and doing some of their camps with them and so living living kind of in that that environment I got a lot of knowledge from from that and and kind of caught the coaching book so it's it's good to and it's good it works with being a pro cyclist because I can coach on the road Um, a lot of my stuff is training schedules and stuff like that so it's it works out great that I can work with people while I'm traveling because yeah traditional job it's I can't really do just because I'm gone too much so it's it's fun it's practical and it's it's good it's connected to my sport so it's So is that um, exclusively what you're doing now is, is riding and coaching? Yep, totally. So, um, yeah, racing and coaching is kind of the main gigs. I Every once in a while I do still work at Absolute Bikes um, just because those guys are awesome. They've supported me through a lot of things. Actually, one of my big sponsors this year. So they, uh, um, yeah, anytime I can, I like to uh, like to be able to, to work with them and, yeah, hang out with my buddies at the shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, that's awesome. Uh, how long have you been? sponsored or when did you go pro um i pretty much as soon as i turned um kind of came of age so like 19 is when you can like race age 19 you can turn pro so i, oh. I pretty much did that immediately um you can start younger though right like um you can 
I guess technically you can, but yeah. as you you want to stay as a junior because for a lot of like the international racing and yeah, stuff like that, I mean. you like, want to juniors like yeah. So know, the junior, I mean the juniors at a certain point you are kind of racing pro. It's just your age category of pro. Yeah. And I actually still I'm I'm under 23, so I race under 23 pro at like the World Cups and stuff like that. A lot of our national stuff and some of the international stuff is not really broken up by age, so you just race everybody. But um, but yeah, when I was a junior, I raced, um, did some European stuff, some World Cup stuff, and then it was kind of the natural progression to to move into racing, racing pro when I turned 19. European races? Yeah. And, and you had some success when you were in the under-19 division, right? You I, had quite a few successes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it went well. It was definitely a good good time to, um, yeah, train over there, learn learn kind of the way of European racing. It's definitely a, a lot different. It's really? such a culture over there that they have such a huge talent pool that there's, I mean, it's such good racers over there. So it was good to get that experience. And yeah, no, had some good successes. I mean, some state championships, some national championships on the 24 hour side. <laughs> and, nice. um, and then Leadville was always the one I really liked growing up. I did Leadville a bunch, so I still hold the record there for the under 19s. And it's, that's always been a really good race for me. It's, it's just tough. And it's a lot of like Flagstaff high altitude and big climbs. So it was kind of, kind of always my race. That's great. So you hold the under 19 record for the Leadville. It's the Leadville 100. Right? Yeah. Mountain bike race. Yeah. Totally. Oh, oh wow. That's, that's pretty huge. What was the time? It was like seven hours. Something? Um, yeah, it was just over seven hours. Um, I think it was seven Oh five or something like that. So this is, I mean, that's always, that's, that's a tough one to go back to because it's always just so hard. And I mean, it, not that it isn't fun and I like that stuff, but, um, it kind of keeps getting closer and closer to the season, or at least our cross country season keeps extending closer to that. So last couple of years, I haven't been able to do it just because that's a race you want to train pretty specifically for. Right. Because if you go in there with kind of the XC, which I do a lot, which is only like hour 45 to two hour races and you go into a seven hour race, sometimes it's hard to really be at your best so so I was, I was telling him about your 50 mile run training you're doing yeah and he said when they were done riding the 100 mile Leadville he's like I don't even understand how people could go out there oh and run yeah that. the yeah. the runners at Leadville is I mean that's I mean a 50 mile run like you're doing is beyond me I can't it's hard oh, for me to grasp in a 100 mile run beyond just, me oh. until, I, until, I, until I do it <laughs> actually do it but yeah but they're taking you know, I mean, I, yeah, the effort of a 100-mile run is ridiculous, but, you know, they are taking twice the amount of time, you know, that you are uh, some of the top finishers. I don't know what the Leadville top finishers are. I think like. some guy did it in, like, like 12 hours yeah, or I think maybe under, a, under 12, mm, something. I think yeah, that'd be pretty crazy for Leadville, but, but yeah. I think around 12 hours is yeah. the problem. Two races ago, yeah. And he he won Western States and then he won Leadville as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Another Flagstaff crusher. Yeah, Flagstaff crusher. For <laughs> A ridiculous sure. town if you don't realize where you live right now. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So successes in Europe, successes obviously here, um, and you're still going at it. What is? I'm interested to know what's what's the longevity of a, of a pro mountain biking career. I mean, it's. I mean, you could definitely go at it for a while. I would say, I mean, you're really not at your kind of peak for cross-country racing until, um, I mean, late 20s, 30s. So, um, and then people, I mean, there's guys are, are national champion for a long time. I mean, it was Todd Wells, and he's, I mean, he's late 30s. So, 
still still competing. I mean, and he's still competing now. He's, uh, I mean, he was top, I think top three at this race I was at last weekend. So oh, I mean, wow. he's okay. He's uh, nice mountain bike. It's low, yeah. low impact. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> it I mean, be. it's. Yeah, yeah right. just don't crash. <laughs> don't crash. It can be very high impact. I know that for sure. Well, yeah. Steve Pete still continue, uh, competes on World Cup downhill level. Yeah, at totally. 41. Ooh, nice. Yeah. For sure. So I mean, it's. Yeah, I would say. I mean, you can do it pretty successfully all the way up until you're 40, and then after that, I mean, you can transition to working at a company and staying in the industry and doing all that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's a. If you work it the right way and you have, I mean, have the right fitness throughout your career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, and and that's something you know that that does take uh, cognizance. It does take uh, work to make sure you're doing everything right if you want that longevity. Um, I know I looked on, I, I did a little research. I looked on your uh, coaching, pardon me, yeah, the beers carbonated, um, <laughs> your coaching website, and, and part of it is um, one of the, the sections was uh, was overtraining. Um, and so I would love to have you talk about specifically coaching. Uh, one of my big geek outs is, is nutrition. Yeah. And, and I was a biology teacher for nine years and I taught them about aerobic and anaerobic and, you know, creatine versus, you know, the different energy type of sources and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so what do you enjoy about training, I guess, uh, or let's be more specific, um, nutrition. What do you coach your, uh, what would you call them? Your, uh, my athletes, your athletes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How, totally. What do you coach your athletes as far as, as nutrition? What's, what's some of your big pushes for that? I'm totally. super interested. Yeah. So, I mean, nutrition wise, I, I am not really a fan of any like specific diet in a way. Like, so not like going gluten free or going vegan or vegetarian. Not that that doesn't work for, for some people for sure. Um, but I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just focusing on it. And that's the biggest part of, I mean, if you're an athlete and you're putting the effort in on the, on the bike or the run or whatever you're doing, nutrition can help, help boost that so much. So, I mean, the biggest thing is just focusing on it, focusing on getting the right amount of protein, carbohydrates, fats, and just getting it from good sources. So, I mean, it's, it's all pretty basic. I mean, you can really break it down and get specific about it, which we do. Um, but it's, I mean, it's just making sure that each meal is planned out so that your ratios of those kind of three vital little things is, is all broken down into the right parts. A lot of people, I mean, really, I mean, the biggest thing for a lot of people is focusing on protein. Um, for a lot of endurance athletes, you're not getting enough. Um, and just focusing on the sources you're getting it from. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's never been about kind of really one specific thing is just creating kind of like a holistic diet that you're actually getting getting a lot of your your vitamins and minerals from the food you're eating not necessarily just supplementing with all kinds of vitamins and stuff like that um so just uh yeah i mean just just taking the time to look at it and that's something that we do at geiger coaching we do nutrition analysis and all that stuff mm. just to make it a little easier for people so that we can actually actually just look at a week of your diet or something like that and actually break down each meal and just people seeing the numbers, I think, is the biggest part of it. Is because people don't even realize what they're, I mean, what they're really eating, or if they're eating not enough or eating too much. But once you actually put a number in front of somebody, I think it's a lot easier for for people to really focus in and actually see see what they're doing. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of a general general thing, but it it can be so big, so big for an athlete's success. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you you take it kind of person by person and break it down for them. And I do yeah. think, I, I totally agree with what you just said. 
it, it's just having someone almost like accountability. Like, yep. okay, now my coach is looking at my stuff and, and giving me these suggestions. That's that makes it so much easier for someone to follow when they know they're being held accountable by yeah. by a coach. Um, but uh, I also like how you say it's it's where the the nutrients are coming from. Yeah, um, that's a big focus. For sure, like. yeah, a big focus. And I mean, just I mean, the biggest thing is suggesting um, where to get these. Um, I mean, to get your fats from, to get your, um, to get your protein from, to get your carbs from. I mean, because a lot of people, I mean, you can have f- not all fat is the same, not all protein is the same. So, yeah, I mean, rather than getting a bunch of fat from like oil in your French fries, getting fat from like salmon or an avocado or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all just, I mean, looking at the numbers, seeing where they're coming from, and then proposing a plan that will just better everything all around. So. I think if you look at, yeah. <clears throat> looked at Nick and I's diet, there'd be a lot of carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah. But we were yeah. just talking about it, though. Beer is not a bad recovery food. I mean, <laughs> no. that's, science, man. it's science. Yeah, science. it's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 got carbohydrates. It's yeah. got protein. It's got water. Yeah. Um, Lots of and, water. And it's a fermented beverage, so there's a real big push by some people who talk about how fermented foods are really good for mm-hmm. you. No doubt. Probiotics um, and whatnots. Probiotics and whatnots. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's the tagline Gotta, right gotta get on those. <laughs> and the more you drink, the better, right? I, you know what? In my experience, <laughs> the more you drink, the better you feel. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, brave, anyway. I, I I've had some like... great success after a couple beers at a yeah, race. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, so... <laughs> I also but... had some big failures, so... Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, hit or miss, but yeah. I mean, go big, right? <laughs> go big, take chances. Big, yeah, take chances. Go home. So I, I guess a good question, sticking to like the diet part, what what do you typically consume like pre-race in preparation for that? Yeah, so pre-race, um, I mean, there's always that talk about the carbo-loading and kind of the, the basic thing to do before a race, and some of that is applicable, but... I like to keep things pretty, pretty normal. I, I kind of find personally that my body works best when I'm not changing a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, the night before, if I'm racing early in the morning, I definitely will have a pretty, like, dense carbohydrate meal just just so I do top off those glycogen stores and make sure that I am going to be be ready for the, for the effort that's coming. Um, if I'm not racing until late in the afternoon, which a lot of these World Cups or U.S. Cups or anything is, we usually don't race until 3 in the afternoon, Really, until the day of the event, my diet doesn't really change at all. Um, I'm just making sure to get my recovery uh, recovery nutrition in after I work out. Um, so just making sure that I, I'm getting my protein and carbohydrate drinks after after I exercise, making sure those glycogen stores are uh, topped off. And then usually my meal is usually about three hours before the race, and usually it's uh, just some pasta or just pasta with a little chicken that's that's usually my go-to even in the morning if I'm racing in the morning I'll I'll have a pretty pretty small meal just because uh I get most of that from the night before's meal so um yeah not changing it up much much it's really about that kind of pre-race meal that one meal before for me yeah that's totally interesting that like and it makes me jealous because you're saying your races are starting at like three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and a lot of running races are, are really early, you know, sometimes even you know, alpine starts like before sunrise kind of things. So yeah. I remember I it's just it's it makes it a little bit tough when I go and, and I wake up and I'm like I don't wanna put a whole bunch in my stomach right away, yeah. so I just slam some coffee, maybe have like a little bit of like bread and peanut butter or something like that. Um 
but to, to have till three o'clock that that sounds like it makes it no it's, nice it is super nice yeah like there's there's the goods and bads but i yeah overall i'd say it, it's pretty nice to like you wake up and you actually can yeah sit down have a cup of coffee eat your breakfast go on a little easy ride in the morning and then have the kind of the day to mm-hmm. to kind of prepare and also sometimes for the big races it's a lot of times for your nerves to get on you on you too that's so true yeah that's, so that's 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 almost working against you yeah you know sitting around thinking about it for yeah, exactly so sometimes i i mean i really do enjoy the morning starts as well because you wake up you're like immediately just doing your stuff and then you just get on get on your bike or yeah. put your shoes on and go go run a ride and you're done down downhill racing <laughs> yeah. the same way like yeah usually start times are like noon on yep so you wake up and you just sit there and you, you just think about it yeah. you think about it <laughs> like, i don't even want to do it anymore like, you know you just like work yourself up and, yeah that's true the time it takes before you start is the worst and downhill you're watching other people go too right mm-hmm. like, yep so like that's kind of got to be nerve-wracking as well most of the time at the start it's like a um like a funeral's going on too. You know? <laughs> People are so nervous and scared, like there's oh, no yeah. talking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like dead silent. <laughs> All you can hear is the beeps of the starting. Yeah. People go. No, the yeah. the moments before a race run or a race start is yeah. just yeah, silence and everyone's just yeah, it's it's pretty pretty intense. Yeah. So do you do you do downhill and cross country or I do mostly cross country stuff. Um, I mean with just kind of all my friends who live here, I end up riding quite a bit of downhill stuff as well. And, it, it, I mean, it's good for the skills for cross-country, too, because especially the World Cup stuff is gnarly descending. So you, you got to really know, like, I mean, the races mostly are one in the climbs, but it's, I mean, you got to know how to descend your bike, too, and actually ride your bike. So luckily we do have some, like, I mean... The, the talent in Flagstaff it seems to be endless in every direction. So we have guys like Shane Leslie and, um, I mean, he World Cup downhiller. Um, this, so it's it's good. He's one of my good training buddies, so he's always pushing me on the on the bike as well. So it's good to good to do both, and it's all fun too. That was the biggest thing I found when I started pedaling more, and then you know coming from downhill, I was like, oh, you know, get to these downhill sections, and I can just own these guys that just climb all the time. And he's like right behind me, you know, like just the skill set like doesn't change, you know, you just do more of one thing. But yeah. being here, it, it definitely helps. Yeah, no doubt. It's, I mean, the, the trails are tough. Um, yeah, I mean, we got Sedona and Flagstaff, both places where you can ride as steep and as gnarly stuff as you want. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's good to, yeah, practice everything and just try and be a pretty good all-around biker. So if you, I mean, really whatever course throws at you or whatever trail throws at you, you're ready for it. Did you, you said Shane Leslie? Shane Leslie. Shane, Shane is, Leslie. his brother Tanner? Or no. no, so Tanner also oh, is a super good rider. Yeah, but yeah. Tanner's also okay. yeah. I, I Tan- taught Tanner, so yeah, that's, I, totally. thought, I thought it was like Shane Leslie was like no. a nickname. Like yeah. <laughs> Tanner the Chain Leslie. <laughs> Breaking chains. On Breaking the chains. Sounds like a Hell's Angels man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Tanner Leslie also a shredder, and we grew up hitting a lot of dirt jumps together. Because so. you'd be about the same age as Tanner, wouldn't you? Um, I'm just a little older. I think I'm like a year or two older than him. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, but no, we. I mean, Tanner and I for years were riding every day together. So he's he's all he's, sponsored. And yep. He's right he's now. living in Santa Cruz right now and just yeah doing a lot of the dirt jump and free ride stuff. And, yeah. So, good question. What sets Flagstaff apart from any place you've been? Uh, for me, it's just—I mean, we have we have so much, and there's so such a 
I mean, for only having like kind of two main mountains, yeah. we have so many trails. We have so many, um, just like diverse, diverse terrains throughout Flagstaff. I mean, you can ride on the front of Eldon, and you're riding just super loose, rocky, weird stuff. And then, you I mean, you can go up towards Snowball on the Arizona Trail, and you're riding alone yeah. and riding like dirt you would you would see at twelve thousand feet in Colorado. So, it's a lot of really diverse forests and um, trails, and I mean we have a ton of trails too, tons of tons of miles, and the town itself I think is is something really kind of beautiful too. It's we have a great downtown, we have such a good scene. Um, there's yeah, just great people here too, and uh, yeah, for me it's always been kind of where I want to keep home base. Even though I do travel quite a bit, it's it's always been the, the place that I'm stoked to come back to. So, yeah, for the trails, the people, kind of this, the whole vibe of Flagstaff has been been really good to me. So, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a place that I think I always want to be. That says a lot because you're from here. You know, a lot yeah. of people have the itch to, to go yeah. somewhere else. So, yeah. surrounding yourself with all kinds of great athletes and all kinds of great people and it's I mean it's cool and then I mean the beer scene too is I mean just pretty epic I mean it's uh, you go downtown all kinds of breweries all kinds of great people making great stuff so it's uh I mean after you ride all day you can go downtown and have a pretty good time it's gonna start looking like Sedona around here pretty soon with the crowds no doubt definitely gonna get the it's like the last last untapped resource don't come to Flagstaff. Yeah. It sucks. There's like there's like cobras and tigers and like tornadoes and shit. Strava hacks everywhere. Strava, yeah. <laughs> you can't even ride. There's a Strava everywhere. Uh, so let's go to. Uh, I've got two. I've got a couple questions from listeners. So I want to hit those uh, right now. So uh, we got one on Instagram uh, from uh, Yogi Ben or Ben Yogi. <laughs> Username Yogi Bruce. Yogi but, Bruce. Yep, Yogi Bruce. But that's, uh, that's Robert Bruce. Oh, it yeah. So Robert Bruce uh, asked uh, what your. Well, he said, "Yo, Tiger. <laughs> Yo, Tiger Geiger. What's your favorite uh, dark sky beer?" Yeah. So it's. Uh, I think the one we're drinking right now, this seven K IPA, has won me over. So it's just uh, yeah, right in the interview, I was won over by a new beer. So sweet. Just yeah. tap today. Tap today, so we got a fresh, fresh, fresh brew coming in hot. Seven K IPA. That's my. Uh, that's definitely my new favorite. Awesome. So for our listeners who are maybe just getting into mountain biking or have a, a new bike, what would be your first your first recommendation for an upgrade for them to 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 get their their first uh, their first big upgrade? They'll make a big difference. Totally. Yeah. So first upgrade I always tell people is I mean to upgrade the wheels. That's going to be. <laughs> Excuse me. That's uh, that's gonna be where you're gonna be able to tell the most difference. Huh. Um, so yeah, getting on a lighter, stiffer pair of wheels can make a huge difference in your bike. Um, yeah, so that's that's always my gear um, or my my recommendation for for the upgrade on the gears. Yeah, going nice. for the wheels. Sometimes they can be a little pricey, but it's it's definitely worth it. Better than better than spending all your money on a pair of bars. Well, if you, or if you ride like me. You definitely need a nice, strong stick. Yeah. <laughs> you're crashing in the rocks. I, you, when you're rock crushing. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, I don't even care. I just point and shoot and let her rip, as they say, right? Yeah. Cool. 
And so that's a, a gear recommendation. Uh, what would be a, a beer recommendation? Which, which beer uh, do you really enjoy seeing on, on a tap list uh, outside of Dark Sky? Any other type of thing? Could be local or national or, or international. I don't know. So other than Dark Sky? Yeah, other yeah. than Dark Sky. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so one of my favorites, um, favorite, uh, favorite brews other than what I get normally at Dark Sky is going to be... Um, Wanderlust, the nine two Ocho. That's gonna oh, be the Ocho one. The nice. Ocho one. Yeah, that's uh, that one's pretty good. I definitely have been been digging that, and um, yeah, it's good to see another really good local brewery too putting out some good stuff. Oh yeah, I feel the love in this town. It's, it's yeah. Crazy. So the nine two Ocho, uh, it's their nine two eight, but uh, it was it was aged in tequila barrels. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. So, that's, so that's it's crazy. It's got yeah, kind of got a, like a. I don't even know. It's a little more like a, a smooth, buttery, but it's got that little bit of, uh, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to describe. Definitely something worth, good. yeah, just some, something good. Yeah, something real good. Worth trying. Nice. Yeah, the 928 is one of my favorites, too. Yeah. Uh, when I first, well, not well, when I second moved to this town and Wonderlust had opened, yeah, yeah. the 928 was the go-to. Yeah, no doubt. Very tasty. Big shout out to Ryan Geiger. Thanks so much, man, for coming in and talking to me and Ryan out at the trailhead there, talking about your coaching and your racing and your love for craft beer. And thanks for being a Team DSB athlete. And thank you guys for tuning in again to Brew Trails. Please give us some kind of feedback. Who do you want me to interview next, whether it's craft beer related or outdoor adventure related, whatever. Um, leave me feedback. Uh, you can tweet at the brew trails you can leave a comment on the dark sky page the facebook page as well or you can always call our voicemail and leave a voicemail it's 3308 trails leave a voicemail and uh, i'll definitely put it on the next podcast that'll be really cool so go out and find your own brew trails